Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm the Lily to Connor's stairs, Emma. And I'm the long-lost conscience that once inhabited Ruby's body, before she was possessed by Satan, of course, Connor. So what we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup and your hero in Slappin' Dan. But first... Here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next, rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. So this week kicks off with Lily absolutely fuming. Just like me and you, Connor. Mm-hmm. Just like me yeah. and you. For no one helping Stacey. Ah! Like, honestly, that's all I can say this week, right? Is the way she is being banished from the set is just not okay with me. I love her. She's like one of our biggest icons here. Like, and to see the way that she's now. Ah, yeah! Ah, yeah! For something she didn't do! It doesn't make Are sense! You There's no proof! There's literally no proof. There's half a dodgy CCTV massively zoomed in and from one angle only. And the word of a daughter of a flipping convicted gangster and gangland criminal. Oh, yeah. You know what? Case closed. I don't know who I'd believe. I mean, come on. What Drew is like going to be like, yeah, definitely guilty. Definitely. I, I couldn't imagine that. I think Stacey should have went to that court. She should have tried to fight this. I'm with Lily here. People aren't fighting enough. Speaking of people who aren't fighting enough, I've just got to put this in because I don't know where we'll fit it anywhere else. <laughs> Kush saying that he's worried, worried about Arthur to, to Whitney. Well, why don't you tell the truth, Kush? I <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I was like, oh, so you're worried? He's like, I'm just worried about just... Arthur. I'm worried about Stace. Well, it's not that you're helping. Exactly. What's Arthur going to do once Stace goes inside, you know, losing your dad and your mum? Exactly, Cush. So maybe if you flip it, step up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, Jean's, Jean's doing a lot better than us, really, in some ways. She's, she's holding out hope, isn't Shema? She's holding out for a hero in the, you know, just just holding out. She's holding out for a miracle, a hero. Where have all the good men gone? <laughs> Where are all the gods? <laughs> Where's the street bus, Hercules? She's just, she's just holding out for a hero. Holding out for a hero. Well, actually, she's holding out that um, there'll be a problem with the plumbing. So the yeah. place has to close down. Yeah, I don't think that's how court works. I think you'll have a momentary closure of it and then we'll get the plumbers in. She'll be back in the next day. Why is no one else going to court? Why, if it's so important to Ruby, why is she not going down there and giving evidence? Oh, yeah, I love that. Why is Stacey not getting a chance to, like, fight this and, like, fight, say, fight, I turned round, which you can clearly see on the video? Yeah, I'm not being funny. That DS is crazy if she thinks that's evidence. I've seen criminal documentaries and stuff where the person's banged to rights, like literally set himself on fire while he's committing arsony and he got off. Like, come on, I'm telling you, there's no way some dodgy CCTV footage would be enough to prove that that, that Stacey pushing. And also the, the whole premise is that Stacey willfully like 
premeditated attacking Ruby. She didn't. You can say that. Yeah. Even by any standards. Even if it's just she turned around and swung her arm and accidentally hit Ruby down the stairs. That's not deliberate pushing. And also oh. none of Ruby's hospital records or anything are taken into account. Yeah, no, I love that. Apparently no one shares information anymore and police don't need to investigate anything. And also, Cat oh, has always stood by Stacey and she's always fought her corner. And yeah, when, when it's come to be. this, bearing in mind she's the one who was slagging off Ruby when we came back after lockdown. Um, she yeah. was slagging off Ruby and Martin. And no point is she like went over there and tried to have it out, rip her hair out, you know, classic Cat style. Yeah, yeah. And she's obviously going out with Phil because she not like get him to get involved. If you remember, to stop Stacey going to prison last time, she pretended she hit Phil over the head. Yeah, you would think that no she way would to probably be get like Phil to get like either Grey or Richie or someone to to try and fight Stacey's corner. Phil's gonna have worse jabs than this. Oh with yeah, far more evidence against him. It is weird. I wonder what's going on with that whole like cat stuff though, because. Kat just seems to have not been on the scene the entire time that all this like has been going on. It's very odd. I know Jean referenced odd. that Kat is hardly there, but yeah. still she would know about the court case. Like, Stacey messaged Kat and Kat came running. Do yeah. you remember that? Like, that was the whole thing. Kat was the one who brought Stacey back to the square when, like, Stacey was, like, living incognito. Mm-hmm. Kat cares a lot about Stacey. It just seems odd. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe they're planning something. And also, Jean says, like, nothing can be done because Ruby's gone back to the police. And if there was any way to help, she would. I found it interesting that Jean said those words, Ruby went back to the police because we know Ruby lied, saying there was nothing she could do and it was too late. So does Jean mean she went back and found out it was too late? Or does Jean have an idea that Ruby's clearly still manipulating the situation. I think Jean has feelings that suggest that she knows that Ruby didn't do everything she could. I think she's just kind of in that space that Stacey's at at the minute where it's just like hopelessness. Mm. We've all had those moments where we felt like we're, you know, we're flogging a dead horse or there's no way we can, like, get around a situation. But, like, Lily seems to be the only one with any fire to try and fight this. And it's really sad that, like, no one, other than us and Lily and, <laughs> and you know, the outraged people on Twitter, there's, there's no one, like, standing in Stacey's court and being like, Stacey, you don't need to confess to a crime you didn't commit. You realise that, right? We live in a, a society that prides itself on justice and, like, law and order, and you shouldn't just give in and be like, yep, I guess I'm guilty then. <laughs> I love when you said we've all had those moments. I was like, I don't know the last time that, you know, I sent you to prison because... <laughs> Just shocking, really. I, I should I should have fought harder when uh, Emma accused me of, of, of pushing her down the stairs and, you know, shooting her in the head and things. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll go back and forth every now and again, guys. We always do. So it's like a little game me and her like to play. A little game we like to play called uh, Get Out of Jail Free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I just love that everyone's literally given up, and uh, like Lily's like sitting there going, "Why are we all giving up? There's literally yeah. no evidence." And like she's the only one with any common sense. This is an eleven-year-old girl or something. Ten, she's like, ten. She's like, "Why is everyone giving up? Literally, there's no evidence." 
There's the word of a convicted liar. She is the only one that speaks sense. Oh, my God. Honestly, Emma. And you know what I've realised? What? Not like I'm... Like, Martin has obviously annoyed me to the point yes. of, like, my blood boils. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and Emma could kill him now. Could kill him. <laughs> Ruby never mentioned to Martin about Jean's cancer and about how she believes she is dying and that if she could just have Stacy by her side she's never brought that up and I've only just uh, thought of that I was like hang on and that's definitely manipulating the situation because she knows that he would try and stop this happening even though I'm he still rang and that oh, annoys yeah. me although I like to believe I like to believe that Ruby actually rang and he didn't he was being manipulated to say that he rang I think you could make an argument for Martin that she's already manipulated him to ring that police and that it's actually not it's not necessarily what he wants to do, but because she's very good at manipulating him, because we see that in this week as well, where she manipulates him. Um, she's gotten so well at convincing him of things yeah. and getting him to do things. I think that I think really the blame does still all land on her doorstep. But what I will say is if Martin uh, Martin finds out that Ruby knew that Jean was dying and didn't say anything. That could be what breaks that that hold over Martin, because Martin might be like, "Hold on, you knew my man was dying of cancer and still sent the the girl to prison. Like, just still didn't say anything." I think that might be what breaks this, like the seal on all of our little lies. Because mm. what is annoying? Because obviously, I want Martin and Stacey forever. You know. Yes, of course we are. We are Macy lovers, yeah. We are. We've never, we've never lied about that. We just, we love them. But like, when you marry to someone or you're, you love someone, if you think, Stacey has always tried to protect him since this whole Ruby thing. She's always been like, Ruby's lying, we need to protect Martin. Yeah. Yet, there's him not helping in this situation and just letting her go to prison. And like, it worries me that how can you come back from that? Because the person you love is meant to protect, protect you. And <laughs> like... That's Absolutely. not protective. I, I know we say this a lot, but how can you redeem, say, like, Ruby? Mm. Like, how are you going to ever redeem her now? Like, the only way that people end these sorts of stories is they get exposed, they get killed, they go to prison. Like, I just think, oh, my God. Go on God, the like, run. This is what they I'm, always like to go on the oh, run. Go on the run. They simply go on the run, of course. <laughs> I just think this is, like, evidence that something's going to happen and Ruby's not going to be on the square. Like... There's no redeeming her at this point. She's done too many bad things. And Martin, Martin, I think, if he steps up and confronts Ruby about all of this and, like, actually has it out with her and, you know, tells her how it is, tells her what she's like, I think that will redeem him a bit. But I don't think it's ever going to be the same again for him and Stacey. And it's certainly not going to be the same for him and his kids. Lily absolutely hates him. Like, Lily hates him now. And, you know, when everyone else is fighting and everyone else is having these discussions and stuff, meanwhile, Lily's just sat outside by herself, feeling like the world's on her shoulders, there's no hope, and no one's going to do anything, so she's got to try and do something. And she meets she meets Will. They have a little chat. I'm, um, I'm already shipping them. I'm, I'm welcoming that little parent. They're so cute. I'm, I love them already. I'm like, this is literally the little twinkling light 
in a swamp of misery. I was like, you know, this is all what we needed for the Slaters who are having a miserable time at, at the minute. And it's and nice to, have... to see these younger ones interact because, you know, that is natural. Like when yes. you're the only young people on the square, you're going to end up like you go to school together. You know, it's so nice to see it like start. And it's like, you can just see like all the potential there for like these legacy characters because yeah. that's what they are. They're the legacies of the of, of mainstays and like iconic characters. So like, it it's it's lovely. Like me and Emma, I remember we discussed this. I think I mean might be two years ago now, when we discussed it when like you had like Ash, Ikra, and like Bobby and Peter. They were all oh, like yes, getting yeah. ready to go out and stuff together. And I, I mean, it didn't go anywhere with like Bex and things and. And it was nice to have those interactions, like those little moments in between, like where you got to see like those legacy characters like having a life on screen. Because a lot of the time we just see the adults, like the the adults like living their life. When really, like these kids also have very dramatic lives. I love that time period where we got to see a lot of like Bex's school life and like and and Louise's school life and things. Keegan's like a lot of that is like it's vital to this storytelling because and it's, back we when get it to was like. Lola, Lauren, Lucy, Peter, like when it and Jay, when it was them. Yes. Oh uh, yes. And, and Abby, that was all iconic, that group. Yeah, definitely. And I think like that's what this was giving us. I was like, oh, I love seeing the little legacy characters like getting together and like being friends and like that the organizing meetups and stuff. I was like, I just love it. It's like a happy moment from a, it's a happy time. No one's dying or getting, you know, blackmailed or anything. They're all just enjoying themselves. Um And I mean Lily and, was just Lily was on top form, wasn't she? Oh, she was like She was fantastic. I have a witch of a stepmother. <laughs> She's like, I've got a dad that doesn't have the bottle to step up. And, yeah, I love and then that she was bit. like I'm going to throw a brick through Ruby's window. Yeah. She's like, my family's pathetic. Um, <laughs> and then she just sort her out. Sort her out. When she said that, I was like, oh my God, living. And then Will, I love Will when he goes, yeah, I get that. Uh, <laughs> everyone in my family hates each other too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said I saw you can bond over mutual hatreds. <laughs> I love the casting. Like, she is a mini Stacey. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Absolutely. I'm living for like all the younger cast at the minute. Like they're all getting a lot more limelight. Yeah. And, like, they're getting time to shine. Like we've seen like Janet shining a lot. We've seen yeah. like Will a lot more. And now Lily is just stealing the show for me. Oh. Absolutely stealing it. She's an absolute star. It reminds me of when Tiff started when she was yes. young and like yes. what a little legend she was when she first oh, she started. Was. And look what she's grew into. Like. Yeah. I love how, like, Will, like, clearly, like, invites her along on, like, a kind of mini date sort of thing. Oh, like, it was so, like, sweet. He was like, well, you can come to this party if you like. And then he kind of plays the cool. And then they're just sitting, bitch, with everyone at the party. <laughs> loved it. I was like, well, if, he's, if they're not going to be a couple, there could be a great Emma and Connor. I love it because Will gives Lily an idea. See, when people get hurt, when people get hurt, people generally stop their dramas and they stop fighting and they all rally together so our our girl lily she 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 knows how to get this sorted she knows exactly how to sort out i was like this is me and emma we're so dramatic that like we would literally be like right there's only one way to stop this storyline jean bless us as lily's plan on bringing the family back together jean sat in the other room just being like if only a miracle could happen 
well, you want a miracle gene? He has one coming right up. Bang! (laughs) 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 Lily's fell down the stairs, or done what we all know she probably did, which is she's walked halfway down and then jumped the rest and then laid down and pretended she's fell down those stairs. (laughs) Yeah, when she was like, gonna do it, I was like, Lily, the sensible thing is just to go down the stairs and lie at the bottom. Like, you don't have to actually do it. The sensible thing to do, Lily, would just to be pretend that you've got COVID and then everyone would be able to leave the house. That's clever. Exactly. No way, Sissy could go to court and spread it, everyone. <laughs> True. See? Always thinking of how to get out of things, me. <laughs> 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 you can take the, the boy out of high school, but not the high school out of the boy. <laughs> <laughs> so like a miracle Lily's fall has brought everyone together it's brought Stacy it's brought Martin it's brought Jean it's brought the paramedics Uh-oh. who are deeply concerned when the girl is not waking up to any noise and shining a torch in her eyes is not working so yeah maybe maybe we just take her to hospital I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> I'm fine I'm alright <laughs> I love that because we all we've all been there too where we've overstepped the mark, haven't we? Where we're like, oh, maybe we've we've overdone this a bit. <laughs> and what I loved about the bit where she she gets up, Martin and Stacey have a word with her because she shouldn't be doing that. And Martin genuinely thinks the sandwich that Stacey gives her is a reward. You know, Martin, yes, we, we are allowed to eat. You know. Yeah, sorry, sorry. She should be starved for the rest of her life. <laughs> It's like the absolute irony of what he says hey, next. Don't even dare, Emma. Don't even dare <laughs> say that phrase, because I will, I will actually explode and fly to the moon and destroy <laughs> the entire planet, uh, the satellite, whatever it is. I will destroy it. I was like, when he said this line, go on, say the line, Emma. Go on, say the line. <laughs> I'm scared. I, I, honestly, I they exploded. We hear him say it. The line that did it for me, Emma, is. We brought you up to tell the truth. Did you, Martin? So what have you done about telling the truth of recent years? I'll tell you what you've done. You've lied about sleep with Sonia. Yeah. So that Stacey would leave you. Yep. You lied about killing Keanu. Yeah. So you could basically manipulate the situation to your advantage. Yeah. You lied about a hit and run. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't tell Stacey the truth after all of this had happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't tell his kids about Mary and Ruby. Mm-hmm. Again, that, that's a live omission, Martin. <laughs> had Derek, yes, our favourite pal, oh. the guy who plays piano, had him take the play of him growing marijuana. He did. Everyone forgets that one. Yeah. Lied about fathering Bex. <gasps> oh, yes. yes. Everyone forgets that one. Was, was Will let Jamie be the be a dad? So there you go. He had all the lights up by my blood. No one else in this square did it. Just him. I'm like a literal, like, blood volcano. I'm like that volcano in Iceland that's erupting at the minute. I was like bubbling, bubbling. Now I'm like suddenly spurting. I'm destroying the whole place and everyone's running. I was just like, get out of my way, Martin. (laughs) Well, he has a go at Lily for faking a fall. What has his current wife done? And then... When he said, not to worry, him and Ruby will be there for her when Stacy's away. 
I mean, he had all the lines that boiled my blood this week. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming for Martin. <laughs> Not going to say when. Not going to say when. But he knows it's coming now, Emma. He knows it's coming his way. All Lily wanted was if she threw herself down the stairs, the judge and, well, even Ruby, to feel sorry for her and she wouldn't go to prison. Now, that's a lot to ask for because Ruby's... Oh, I mean, Ruby's inhuman, so she yeah, doesn't have those feelings. It's not going to happen. Like, judge, it might work on a judge. I don't know that it'll... I don't know that compassion factors into Ruby at the minute. Well, um, speaking of that, that's a perfect time to mention that. Okay. Martin goes to see Ruby afterwards because... Well, he's had a change of heart. He now thinks that after all this and being reminded by a 10-year-old that this is all a bit ridiculous, that yeah. maybe he should think about his kids before he thinks about Ruby's little future's got going on and that they should, exactly. they're, they're adults, his priorities, his kids, which we've been trying to mention for weeks. And for Ruby, weeks, yeah. oh, Ruby doesn't listen. She pretends again. That has tried to stop this case, which hasn't. Can I just say as well, Lily's begged her dad, has begged her dad to do something. She's like, please, dad, do something. And you think, God, that would move me to do, move heaven and earth. And Martin's like, well, I suppose if Ruby says no, uh-huh. I'll just have to settle for that. I mean, what? <laughs> and Ruby says no. So then he's like, Lily, um, just remember... We're here for you. And she's like, cheers. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> us. We're like, sorry, Martin. We're not buying this garbage that you are selling us. I am sorry. Imagine hearing, well, me and Ruby are here for you. I'm sorry. Ruby who sent my own mother to prison. Yeah, to jail. Why, yeah, why, sorry, would, why would Lily go, oh, yes, she'll be lovely. I will trust yeah, her. Can't with- wait. Oh, my heart. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Martin, do you actually hear what's leaving your mouth as you speak? <laughs> or does it just come out? Is, is Ruby now got her hands so far up you and in your soul that she can just talk talk through you like a puppet? Because, I'm sorry, everything you just said there is garbage. In what world will a child thank you for sending their mother to jail? <laughs> Stacey comes into the room, doesn't she? And well, she does have a few apologies, which I did enjoy. I didn't push Ruby. I'm sorry that I locked her in a room with Kush. I'm sorry for chasing you at Christmas. The killer line that she said, which actually seemed to like actually get to Martin, was when she turned and said, I'm sorry for ever thinking that we were important. You know what? I felt like Bart Simpson. I wanted to point at the TV and go, and it's at this moment you see his heart break into little pieces. <laughs> yeah, it is. That, <laughs> and that's the bit, that's where you see he does still love her because she yes. even says, Ruby knows that you still love me. And that's when he looks at her like, is it that obvious? <laughs> yes, Mark. It's, it's obvious. It's been obvious since, since he came back on the scene. We've all been saying it. And for some weird reason, you're just pretending that it's not true. And one day you're going to have to reconcile the fact that you've sent the woman you love to prison again. And my favourite bit oh, was this. Oh, don't. Don't get me started on that. This is my <laughs> line that I get annoyed at. This, this one. This, this oh. line. 
this line. Sorry, I know what you're going through, what going to prison did to you last time. Well, why are you doing but it again then? Sorry then, are you? How can you be sorry if you know that it was a harrowing, traumatic experience for someone? Well, I'm sorry. Guess sorry doesn't cut it this time, Martin. Oh, Martin, you've just made Emma once loved you. We once loved that man. But then he came back. And he became a gangster. And then he started sleeping with Ruby and it just destroyed everything. We knew straight away. As soon as that relationship was on that screen, you know, you heard us. Yeah, we said it was... We hated it from day one. It was an evil, evil parent. It was wrong. It was immoral. We it saw... was created in adultery. <laughs> we saw the future and we did not want it. It's like, you know, when um, in Lord of the Rings, where like Galadriel, the like elf queen, shows Frodo a vision of the bad future. That's what we envisioned, wasn't it? It was like, once this happens, Corona's going to hit <laughs> and like, the world's going to plummet into chaos and, and like, you know, everything's just going to go from bad to worse, all because of movie. It's just devastating. And Stacey says, like, she's only going to do... She's only going to plead guilty even though she didn't do it. Because that way she only gets six months and she can come back and see her kids. And she's going to only spend every minute with them now. And she wishes she could take back any other time where she spent it chasing him. I was like... But even her, even her face when she'd said that, she was heartbroken. This is the man she loved. And has done this to her, like, that's broke her heart as well. I mean, like, does that not then tell Martin, does that not move Martin? Do you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that move you if someone you loved and who, like, clearly displayed how much they loved you said such a thing and still said that they were innocent? Would that not move you? I would be like, oh, maybe you should tell them the truth then because, like, this is, like, this is an extreme reaction like, this is such a real and a raw reaction. Martin sits there going, uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, Stace, uh, but you're still going to jail. It's like, How are you not getting moved? What's wrong with you, Martin? Like, has, has Ruby actually drank the humanity from your soul? <laughs> like, what is actually wrong with him? Is she now, like, is she actually the devil? And that's what's happened. He sold his soul to her. He's just like, well, you're going to have to do what I say now, Martin, because if you don't, a thousand years of damnation awaits you. Was it quite sick that she was watching Stacey go and say goodbye to all of her children? Oh, grotesque. Heartless. It's like grotesque. It's like one of the most evilest things I think anyone's ever done on that square, you know, and that's saying something. We've had every kind of flipping crook, criminal and maniac on that square. And this, this is something else because it's the psychology behind what she's doing Mm -hmm. that is so disturbing. She is willing to relish the, like, destruction of another human being and all of the kids that that person's raised. She's, She's loving this, which is sick. Like, beyond sick. And Jean's words, they just broke our heart, I think. When Jean was like, you know, you're a bit amazing to to our daughter. Because, like, Jean knows that she let her down as well, which I thought was, like, a really lovely moment. She let Stacey down as a mother for years. And it was so sweet to see, like, this moment with Jean, who knows she hasn't got long left or thinks she doesn't have long left with Stacey. 
And for that, like to have these moments where she's like, I really do love you, Stacey Slayer. It's like, oh, God. And the sadness in us, it just turns to rage. It just turns to a bitter rage against the person who's destroyed this. <laughs> <laughs> Connor will combust in three, two, one. <laughs> like honestly, we should just have like all, like screams and like like wheels from the pit like now rising at me. Honest to God, I feel ready to just go to war. I'm like, get me armor, Emma. Get me swords. Let's go. Let's take on this forbidden evil dragon that is Ruby, and um, let's just slay slay this evil wicked witch. Honestly, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. Did you find it weird that Stacey was just walking to court? <laughs> yeah, she took a long way to court. <laughs> it's like when uh, Lauren went off to New Zealand. Oh, I love that. But she's, <laughs> our crutches, she's like, don't worry about a taxi, Dad. I'll make my way there. She's still making her way downtown now. <laughs> <laughs> she finally got there and then set that house on fire by accident. Yeah, then the house went on fire, Goodness yeah. me. <laughs> now, I find it weird the next day, no one finds out, like, how court went. What's happening? How many years? Was there any evidence there? Did she actually turn up or did she go on the run? No one actually talks about it. No, they just know she's not there <laughs> in the house. Oh, yeah, it's really odd. And um, what's even stranger is that, you know, so your kids have just gone through a very harrowing experience. What would be the first thing you would do as a parent, um, especially if they've just lost a parent? I mean, I would think you would be right round there the very next day. You might even stay over that night yeah. as, as a comfort to them. Well, not Martin and Kush. Nah. I was like, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> like, where are they? Sorry, Martin's too busy. He's texting. He's texting Lily if she's all right. She lives across the street. Like, Kush, I would, I would like to say Kush cares, but he doesn't. He's too busy worrying about... Whitney going on a date with, like, Grey or something. Some garbage. Like, it's never, it's never, like, any of their kids are never in their minds. What happened to these men? It's like they suddenly meet some other woman and it's like, well, now my life's all about them. That's not how the world should work. Oh, God, Emma, I can't. It's just, I'm going to explode. And then, I'm going to have a heart attack in a minute. Martin's like, I'm going to stay local today. Because, you know, if the, if my kids need us, I need to be here. Ruby. Yeah, but I wanted to go out for dinner. Okay, went, let's go. <laughs> when someone comes downstairs, like, can't wait to try this new dress out. Going to go for dinner today with you, just me and you. Wouldn't that happiness in that person make you go, it's a little bit odd that you're so yes! celebratory of sending this woman to jail. Not Martin. No. No. Ah! <laughs> I'm actually worrying that Connor's going to make it to the end of this. I don't know if I section. will. I mean, Emma, I might actually have to go to hospital after this. I might have to pretend to throw myself down the stairs and have paramedics come out to see us. Just to check my blood pressure. <laughs> I would love to have tested your blood pressure before we moment. started this to after and see if it's all right, I can already tell you, it's up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I bring mean, it down. I know how to bring it down. Yeah. Don't yeah. you worry. Okay. Just think of some world-class art. 
I'm not talking baby Abby art, which is top level. I mean, it is, Emma. It is. Our Lily has took it to the next level, if that's even possible. She is making portraits, everyone. Portraits out of food. Oh, I mean, I was so impressed. She's like a food sculptor. She's like toast art by Lily. Like, it was something else, wasn't it? I was like, hey, hey, girl, get that stuff up on Etsy. You make a fortune. I'm not entirely sure why she was having oranges with toast. No, that was odd. That was very odd. Yeah, it was like Nutella on toast with With oranges. With orange peel, yeah. But the artwork was fantastic. It was stunning still. It was still stunning. Yeah. I'm here for it. I thought it was a beautiful and um, very accurate likeness of Ruby. You know what I think? You know how um, Linda had a superhero business that... That flew off into the sunset. (laughs) Why does Lily not make superhero toast? They could partner. Uh Toast man. So, as Martin is out gallivanting with Ruby... um, Lily's decided, which I, f- I felt really sorry for Jean because she doesn't yes. know why the kids are moving yes. into that house. But Lily knows, puts on her best tears, says Jean can't cope. And like, they lost their mum and, well, they would just love to stay with them. Which Martin happily obliges because they're his kids while Ruby doesn't want them there and makes that very clear. Yeah, weird. Yeah. She hates kids trying to push all these homeless orphans out onto the street. But remember, remember this woman who was really not wanting these kids in this house. Yeah. We haven't brought up this line because it, it, it's very hard to say. And it, I'm actually, I, I don't know if the words will come out. Um, but remember, she is the best wife he's had. I felt like the vitriol and venom just pouring out of us. I was like, what do you mean? The best wife. How dare he? Poor son. Eh. Justice for Sonia. Justice for Sonia. Justice for Stacey. <laughs> he's crazy. He's just as crazy as Ruby. If he thinks she is the best wife he's ever had. All she ever does is complain. Complain and manipulate him. Well... Don't you worry. Because as Emma said, Lily's fake tears work a treat. And although Jean's a casualty of this little, little telenovela, it does allow for the kids to all move in with Ruby and finally start getting some revenge. The way Lily turned round and went, bet you weren't expecting that. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yes! <laughs> the feud we knew was coming and we just love already. We adore it. Oh, Team Lily all the way. She's Team fabulous. Team Lily, come on, take that down, girl. We're here for you. We've got our Justice for Stacey t-shirts, everyone, and we're getting ready yeah. to head down to Walford Police and Walford's Court. We're going to do the whole rounds. We are. We're not going to stand by this decision. Justice for Stacey. Justice, Justice for Stacey. <laughs> whilst we love to have a little rant here and there, and whilst we love to... Give you a performance on our podcast. <laughs> We're such actors. <laughs> we, we are actors. We are. Well, my mother always said we could have been stars. stars. <laughs> um, we are a Sylvie, after all. 
And uh, I would just like to say that obviously none of this is is real hatred. I'm not actually going to go out and get a sword and you know go after Ruby like. <laughs> and Emma is, you know, going to forgive Martin eventually. Like we, <laughs> we don't actually hate these characters. And the person who plays Martin actually posted out a very, very important thing this week. And we would be remiss if we didn't include it in this section, where it was all to do with anti-bullying and anti-trolling. And we kind of feel like we have to make a stand on this as well and just say that no one should be trolled online. The actors work so hard day in day out providing us with this and if it's getting us this angry about the characters aren't they doing their job you know there might not be something that you like in it but that someone somewhere has worked hard to create this storyline and to create that character and we should all be mindful of that this is their lives and like they are not their characters and i think it was very important he put that up and also the t-shirt was great one one it was actually fab all i would say is Everyone be mindful of your opinion and others, but also really abusive opinions if they come on our like feed or anything like that. We will potentially mute them. Remember that these are real people and that this is just a soap. So as we um, <laughs> we haven't actually spoke about this storyline because it's been a bit every now and then. It was never really something yeah. we could round up. I feel like there, there was like little bits, little drips of it. That's yeah, why. That's, and you couldn't that's, really that's... like put it all together. And yeah. we're not going to lie. We love both characters, but together we're not, we're not, not keen. Feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Nah, I'm not. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just going to say it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I don't it. That's too extreme. But like, <laughs> I, do, I do feel like it just doesn't fit feels random it feels like it yes. was just yeah it's a bit like um you know like to me cat and phil makes sense and i know a lot of people it didn't make sense too but to me they come from very similar backgrounds they have similar like abusive childhoods they they've had it, their own strings of like failed relationships it made sense them getting together Cush and whitney doesn't make sense what do they have in common they own a stall like that's about it <laughs> It just, I don't know, it just doesn't mesh. I don't see them having a lot of conversation. I don't see them having a lot of similar life goals. Um, you know, Kush is going to jail. Whitney's, like, still a young woman. You know, she's still got to explore her life. It's a weird one, because I like both characters. Mm, I love them. I get a friendship vibe from them. And yes. Like, they've always had that, like, kind of going on on the square. You know, they've never really been anything more, and I... That's all I see. I just see good friends. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not being funny. I'm and I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. I'm a big believer in you shouldn't go with people who have been with close friends or family members. Like it's just to me, it's a line you shouldn't cross. Like, um, and I know it's not I know not coming at you with all this like bro code or <laughs> whatever it is, like none of that stuff. Like, I just mean for me, morally I just think it's inappropriate to do that. Like, I think, you know, we've talked about Ruby in the past doing that to Stacey and it was wrong then. And to me, this is wrong now. Whitney's really good friends with all the Slaters and she's now dating Kush. It's like, how do I reconcile that? Like, I love Whit, but what is she doing? And I get it that, like, you know, you can't help who you fall in love with, but I don't feel like this is love. 
Like, I really don't. What? How, do, how does this... How does this equal love? They have a couple of takeaways and suddenly they're, they're like, you know, head over heels with each other. That is not love. <laughs> you know, when you get Sorry. that takeaway pizza and your eyes lock. Suddenly you just say them in a different light. You always thought they were a pineapple topping kind of girl. But actually, <laughs> she's a margarita. Like, what, what kind of life is that? Like, Just right before he heads to prison, why not pick your perfect yeah. time then? I mean, he's never just left one seriously long relationship and he's suddenly like, I'm ready to start again. <laughs> it was only a week. Like, he was only at the house like two weeks or something before like suddenly he's on a date with Whitney. Like, Jay and Honey don't make sense, but Jay and Whitney yeah. would make sense. Maybe Whitney and the new guy, Zach. Ruby would have probably made more sense with this guy. He looks like he's come from loads of money. Yeah. He's very attractive. <laughs> like I think they could have been a good power couple, but no, no. Me and Emma have like we have this strict code of like what we agree on for couples, like, and we're always in agreement with each other, and yeah. often in disagreement with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and unique. I think like that's going to be the case with this, and that's totally fine if you do like cushiony or whatever it is that they call it now. I think it's cushiony, but, but I prefer wash. <laughs> Uh, we're big Slater fans here and very big Kat Slater fans here and so like to to say that Whitney would go there with someone who's been with Kat it just it rubs me the wrong way it rubs me the wrong way and that's like on top of like not having enough to talk about about them like that's also another reason why like I haven't really been eager to discuss it because I mean there wasn't much depth to the depth to the relationship to me it's just like they've just slept together, they've had a few takeaways, and now suddenly they're in love. I think I knew I was in love. When it was it was a dark night, it was very cold outside, it was very dark and cold outside, and it was just, just me and him and the sound of some Russian music playing ahead and um, Kat and Phil making out in the car above us, and we were hiding in this tiny little space. I mean, I still don't know the name of. Under <laughs> the car in the in the arches and I just thought that's the one for me he's the one he's the one well I think my love at first sight was when I was in Ibiza yeah and my eyes met with his on on the dance floor then he took me on a car ride he shot that guy and bought me a coat and since then it's just been it's what dreams are made of it is We've got yeah, good guys there. Anyway, <laughs> on with Cushion Whitney. Why settle down with one fella when you can always go on a date with a psychopath? I mean, this whole thing, if we're going to cover all the little bits and pieces with Cushion Whitney, we would be remiss if we didn't discuss Grey. I mean, I hope she and kills him. Whitney has terrible luck with men and for her to be stuck between a choice of Kush who's going to jail and Grey who's definitely a murderer. Like, it's not a great like great range of men for us. This poor lass. So as Grey's... Oh, he's just so angry that Whitney would love a man more than him. How dare she? How dare... What does Kush have? Well, kindness, compassion, that could be something that he has. Well, 
he has a black tie event to go to, does Grey? Yeah. But he has no one to go with. So Whitney takes pity on him and decides, as this year, conveniently, it's going to be on the square. Um, she might as well go along. And he gives her a dress. And um, Kush finds it creepy and rightly so. Because the dress isn't a new dress. No. It belongs to Chantel. It's his dead wife's dress. Oh, but I thought it was so gross. I love that Whitney didn't think anything of it. She was like, well, it was a little bit weird, but, you know, his wife's died. Stop being excuses. It's not an excuse for weird behavior. It's just creepy. And so, weirdly, Whitney's not put off too much by the fact that Grace invited her to a to an event that he normally takes his wife and uh, made her wear his wife's clothes and wearing a bracelet his wife probably wore. Yeah, pretending it was brand new just for her. Creepy. But uh, all that aside, let's go have a lovely night. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I love that he gave her that, like, code as well. Like, it's your nose, like, if, like, you're bored. That is the worst code ever. Because, like, you're always going to get an itchy nose at some point, aren't you? She does have that code and she is using it. And yes. he's deliberately not picking up on it because she thinks Colin's boring. But I tell you, Connor, I've heard from Colin and he has some great stories. Have you heard about that time, right? <laughs> it's just, it's so Colin. <laughs> Sorry, it's just really <laughs> funny. Um, So he was going to sue the person who stole his egg crest sandwich. <laughs> It was for his lunch, and uh, he was going to sue them. And eee, that's so Colin. It's so Colin, right? But so Colin. Never guess, right? <laughs> Classic call. Well, right? Well, turns out the cleaner moved it to a different fridge. <laughs> oh, I just hate when that happens. <laughs> Colin was going to sue him. Hilarious. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. Spine tingling, flipping hilarity. Like, is Grey actually a robot working for Laura? Well... Is that not funny in any way? Maybe the whole firm is robots. Maybe he is a robot. I mean, Laura's a very judgmental robot, by the way. She was like, well, we just thought it was a bit soon for you. A bit soon for you to have a girlfriend. But she did bring up a very fair point um, that... It is because that is the person he was representing for murder in court. <laughs> yeah. So hi everyone, if you just meet um, Whitney. Yes, I, I know her representative for murder in court, but we get on so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, is the prosecutor who was like facing Whitney going to be there being like, well, I know you, remember me? Remember <laughs> way back? <laughs> like... Can you imagine that? Like, if you're in that same... Because chances are that prosecutor is going to be there. Yeah. Like, I just think it was a very odd event. It was a very odd situation. Whitney should not have been there. I think even she realised that because she was always on her phone. And, you know, whenever you're on your phone all the way through an event, it's because you've been hated. Yeah. And Kush has got the perfect remedy. Well, it's the thing that she loves most of all about him. It's takeaways. (laughs) 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 
So what do you think? What do you think happened there, Emma? When the racing cushion went me, it's so true. One, one, of them, one of them's always bringing it takeaway. It's like that love language. It's just pizza and chips or something like. I mean, and then, what do you think happens, Emma? Well, let me tell you. They sat on a bench, and they're eating chips. And, well, you know, takeaways are love language, Emma. It is, it is. Look at all the other things that have happened every time I've had a takeaway. Yeah. This is natural progression. This is. So naturally, Whitney asks Kush to marry him. Marry her. <laughs> <laughs> marry himself. <laughs> Kush, do you take Kush? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I lived for it. I really wanted her to do one thing for us, though, just to top it off to be the best proposal in the history of proposals on the square. I really wish she'd got like a little onion ring. Just be like, will you be my husband? <laughs> will you do me the honour of being my lawfully wedded take, I mean, husband? <laughs> If they're in their vows, they don't have something to do with takeaways. Like, yeah, I promise to bring you takeaways every night. In sickness, health, and takeaways, I now yeah. pronounce you. <laughs> it's sickness, health, and recession hit takeaways. I will be there with you. <laughs> One onion ring leads to another, and they're engaged. Very quick. We haven't really seen them as a couple. <laughs> it's insane. I'm sorry. I can't get behind this. This is insane. They have literally been dating about a month at most. And now they're engaged to be married. So many quick weddings at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm not in agreement with this. You have to know the person. You have to live with the person. You have to, to get to understand all their quirks, all their... Like you need to like meld. You need to like kind of bond. You can't say five takeaways later. You suddenly know everything about Kush. I think you find That's those five insane. takeaways I had with Kush. I knew him pretty well. Thank you. <laughs> you knew exactly how he liked his pizza. You knew he didn't like flipping chili sauce on his kebabs. He was a garlic sauce kind of man. Like, which by the way, I am not. Um, <laughs> and he learned Emma just... doesn't share food. And... The Carters this week are learning their three-point turns. <gasps> That's right, it's got your motor running. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love that this entire week was basically Need for Speed with Frankie and Mick. Like, it was everything that I wanted for them. Like, father, daughter, our bonding time over a broken car. Also, did you take note of this? I don't know if I'm being crazy and I'm just being over-analytical because sometimes I get like that, man. You know I can get like that. But I have a new theory. <gasps> so, in the midst of all of this, Linda makes a little flippant comment about, it's very hot in here. It's very hot in here. Menopause. Yes, I noticed that. I thought it was a little bit too odd, that. Either that or I thought she was slagging off Frankie for having the thermostat up too high and they were my only two theories. But then Frankie <laughs> never said anything about being too cold or anything, so I thought, no, menopause. <laughs> Anywho, back on track to the car. Yes, it's all about driving this weekend. Well, firstly, it would help Mick if the car didn't break down. 
That is a good point. It's, do you think that's the cash and carry car park? You know, we never get to see that shop and they always talk about it. I know it's so depressing that we never see it. I really wanted to be a main feature. We should go and work in the end. They might we could, make yeah. it a thing. Emma and Connor Slater. Obviously. If it is the cash and carry car park, they've been they've been hiring some extra people, haven't they, Emma? Because there's a ticket warden on the premises paid for by them to make sure no one's misusing that car park. It's very confused because he had a police van, but then <laughs> he made out he was security for the shop. But then he was, was like issuing ticket tickets. So he was a ticket warden. I loved it because, like, I love when he was talking to Mick. And Mick was, like, just talking normally. He was, like, aggressive white male, repeat offender. <laughs> and I was just like, I just love that. Because, you know, there's always Sam Jobsworths. And they, like, love to over-egg, like, the severity of the situation to make themselves feel important. I love when he said um, late 40s, early 50s. And Mick was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not 50. <laughs> I love it. It was brilliant. I just adored the whole the whole interaction. It was just everything. He was just adding on and adding on and adding on to like the the situation that was nothing. It was that his car had broken down. But hey, we don't need to worry about that guy. Cause Frankie gets that motor running, didn't you? <laughs> Get a motor running. It's just like, get in! <laughs> Loved it. Shut it up like, and drive, drive. Drive, drive. <laughs> I drove all night. <laughs> Driving home for Christmas. We're here all week with our driving puns and songs. I just loved, I just loved it because you're just like, get in! Looks like you get a SEMA three-point turn anyway. And uh, they, Mick's like, when they get into these dead excited, like I see them like need for speed or something, or like, you know, like one of those like heist films. It was like that one. Frankie has definitely had some good lessons before that yeah. one. I've got a theory that she actually knows how to drive and just, just pretend she can't, just so that she can have this bonding session with Mick. That's what I'm thinking. I, I find that quite sweet. We've all done that sort of thing, haven't we? When we're just trying to like humour someone because we really like them or they're like a family member or someone, and they're like, they're like, I'll show you how to do this, and you're like, oh, and that's what I feel like Frankie's doing. She's like, I'm gonna pretend that I can't drive, so me and my dad can have some time, and my dad can feel like he's having a, a moment with this. I feel like that's really sweet if she's doing that, but she is very talented, if not, because either either that or she's literally like intuitively talented towards driving. And so day two. Of mixed driving school after they got away with it, they got away from the ticket inspector or whatever the heck he was. Like, got away from him, and uh, Frankie's got an idea for this for this second day. If they're going to become criminal masterminds, she needs to have the proper headgear. Hence the tights. <laughs> Love that. She just puts tights over her face, and they they all crack up. I was loving it. It was so sweet. It was so nice. She really fits into the Carters. She does. Like, it's like you know, it's like a puzzle piece that just you didn't know needed to be added into it. It's so funny. It really, she really does fit in with them all. Randomly, one of Frankie's ex schoolmates who lives probably miles away has somehow tracked her down to the Vic. This girl is clearly tracked Frankie down because she knows about what's happened with Katie and starts making all these nasty little comments and stuff 
And Mick had a moment where he could have defended her and said, you know, you leave my daughter alone. But instead, he kind of didn't, and he called her staff. And Linda was kind of caught in the middle. She was trying to give Frankie her two cents and like say, look at it from Mick's point of view. He's very confused. He's very, he doesn't know what to do. He wants to pull out of going to court because there's other people now who have come forward, four other victims. So he's like, I want to leave. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I just want it to be over. And Frankie Ken just feels lost in all of this. So she goes and sits by herself, doesn't she? Just sat alone. And then all of a sudden, one of mine and Emma's favourite people on the planet decides he's going to come over and give her a little bit of a fright when he drops a random package at her. And, uh, you know, she turns around and sees it. Stuart, the man who held her hostage. And I love the line where he's like, put your, put, put your pepper spray on me. <laughs> I'm here to make amends. <laughs> but I loved him because he is like a bungling idiot. Like, And I can see them having a really lovely friendship. And yeah. It was really sweet that, like, he, he came over and they had this whole discussion about what like, Mick likes Chelsea buns and that he was having a really bad day and that one day when he was going to run away, Stuart got him one and it was the only thing that's stopped him running away. And I think Frankie finally kind of feels a little bit of acceptance into, like, this cart, a kind of family story um, and takes the Chelsea bun and thinks she knows how she's going to help this situation. And she's going to do what she should have done, which is authorise the use of her DNA in the case against Katie so that her dad doesn't have to take the stand. I mean, that is the greatest gift I think anyone could ever give Mick. And to, to say that she would like put herself on the line rather than have Mick go and face a prosecution, like a cross-examination from the prosecution and the defence, she will go and give her DNA so he does not have to testify. That is just amazing. What a gift to give someone. This week's Slappin' Dan goes to Ruby and Martin. I mean, I think we've said everything we need to say on this. How dare they? Let Stace go down for something she didn't do. Our hero this week is Lily. Ah, yay! It had to go to Lily because she has been the greatest, greatest little spokesperson for E20. She said all the things that we've said. She has, I think she's really coming into our own. I'm just living for Lily at the minute. She's just killing Ruby. She's coming for her with two flipping barrels. She's going to destroy her life and avenge her mother. As Lily is our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Lily's. And we're going to give this week four Lily's. <gasps> I mean, it has to be four because it was such a fun week. We had lots of laughs, lots of tears. We've had like a whole range of emotions and... I think Lily delivered some of the greatest scenes ever this week. <laughs> yes. Like, just throwing yourself down the stairs to try and get people pretending to be unconscious with the paramedic. Like, that was just everything. And, and Stacey I, had you so emotional, her and Jean. Yes, her and oh. Jean. Oh, they and ripped at your heartstrings. And Stacey leaving, I was like, 
And oh, she, with a, oh, just the way Lacey plays her. She's just oh, wonderful. Beautiful. And even like, you know, um, Louisa, who plays Ruby, played her fantastic this week. And and um, and James as well. He he was fantastic playing Martin this week. And, and as always, Jean deserves a blooming Oscar. Um, oh, if Gillian doesn't get like some sort of award. Yeah. Seriously. Give us something. Come on. Give us something. Um, I just think the only thing this week was missing was a little bit more to the other minor stories. So, like, Sharon and, like, Kush's story and things like that, those two stories could have been a bit beefed up a bit more. Mm. I feel like they kind of didn't... They had moments that were fun, but it wasn't, like, action-packed. It wasn't mega-dramatic. And it it just kept, felt small compared to the big stuff Yeah, like, Stacey. because of that, the Kush and Whitney storyline... It seems like it's going quite fast because it's not fleshed out. Yeah, 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 I agree. This week's episode is sponsored by Lily's Toast Art. Have you ever wanted the face of your enemy carved into a piece of toast? Well, why not come to Lily's Toast Art? Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.